and it whispers, draw closer to me. Leave your world far behind. There are new paths to climb. And a new place in me you will find. I give my houses and my lands. Change my dreams and my plans. For I'm placing my whole life in your hands. And should you call me today to a land far away, Lord, I'll go and your will obey. Then whatever it takes, to be more like you. That's what I'll be willing to do. Amen. Is that your call today, your desire today, your testimony? To be what God wants you to be, to do what God wants you to do, to go where God wants you to go. Yes, it's a great day living for Jesus. Amen. In all the calamity of the world, I know who holds my future. Yeah, and I'm not troubled or worried. I am concerned. But I'm not troubled or worried because I know who holds my tomorrow. Amen. And I realized this morning that today was the tomorrow I worried about yesterday. That's right. And everything turned out okay. Amen. Worry is like a rocking chair. Give you something to do. You don't get very far, but it will steal your joy. It'll steal your purpose. It'll steal hours, days, weeks of your life. But bottom line... God is in control. Amen. Aren't you glad this morning God is in control? Amen. Jill, what a joy to have you with us today. I was privileged this week to do a wedding ceremony in the Japanese garden. And uh, Matt and Keisha, the two became one. And so we congratulate them today. We congratulate them. And as I shared last week, Matt has six kids. So I want you to start catching up. I want, you to start, I want him to be your, your, your idol, your, your go-to your go guy. Matt's been a part of this church for 28 years. Amen. Teenager raised uh, a child. I actually came with a very small child. has been here and turned into a healthy young man. And, uh, and we're glad that you're married. And we welcome you to first church service, married. Amen. Isn't that incredible? Uh, if you have a Bible with you this morning... As Austin is always struggling to know what is the title of my message, and he usually comes up with better titles than I do. But this morning, would you look over at somebody and say, Look up, look in, and look out? Listen again. Look up, look in, and look out. Of all the passages of Scripture in the Bible, Isaiah. Six and one, eight verses, is a very powerful truth, a very powerful revelation, a life-changing word that kind of consummates uh, what the Christian walk or what the Christian life is all about. And uh, this morning I'd like to share just a few verses with you from Isaiah, the sixth chapter. I'll be sharing from the King James Version in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain they covered their face, with twain they covered their feet, and with twain they did fly. And one cried out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is filled with his 
glory. Amen. And the post, the door moved, and the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. We know that to be the Shekinah glory of the Lord. We know that at this very moment, there is a number of angels, uncountable, that are around the throne of God proclaiming holy, holy, holy. And as they begin to declare to one another that he is holy, it, it creates a, a, an atmosphere, a utopia of God's glory and God's anointing. Smoke represents glory. And we see the glory of the Lord saturates any place that is filled with worship. If I may read the next verse. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the serpents unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched my lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. All done through worship. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched my lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Worship brings restoration. Amen. And I heard a voice say, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. What a powerful passage of Scripture. I want to focus on the word also, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also. Isaiah had taken his eyes off the Lord, off the things of God, off his purpose, off his destiny, and he got focused on the things of the world. Isaiah was Uzziah's nephew. Uzziah was the king. He had conquered quite a bit of the world was living in a heyday of authority and power and wealth. And Isaiah was attached to the court and attached to his uncle. He obviously got his eyes off the things of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God, and how easy it is sometimes to get our eyes unfocused and lose that intensity and that what God has given us to pursue to become. In the year the king died, I saw also. I preached a sermon several years ago entitled Distractions, Detours, and Dead Ends. Distractions, if the enemy can, he will do his best to distract you from your purpose, your reason for living, your worship, your praise, your, your involvement in the kingdom. He operates in detours. He will try to get you to leave the path. The Bible says there is a path and the righteous find it. It's a holy path. It's a place where you and I walk. And if the enemy can, he'll try to convince you to get off the path right. and be toward something else. And then I think about dead ends. I don't know if you've ever encountered a dead end in your life. But as I look back the past 66 years of, of life, I realize there are a lot of things in my life that I thought would happen that never did. I know there are things that I pursued. When I, when I found what I pursued, I found that it wasn't really worth having. It really wasn't worth keeping. Can anybody relate in the house today? 
I believe we've all encountered detours. I believe we've all encountered distractions. And I believe that we've all encountered dead ends. But Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. And notice if you know what takes place. Isaiah gets his eyes off the things of the world, off his circumstances, off his life, and he starts focusing on the things of God. And when you start focusing in, on the things of God, you enter into a mode or in a transition called worship. And as we go through the scriptures, we realize that we were created to do a lot of things, but the number one priority in our life is to be a glory producer. We are to be a worshiper. We are to be a praiser. We are to be one that goes into the presence of God through our praise and through our worship. And God honors our sacrifice of praise because a lot of times you're in life when you really don't feel like praising. You really don't feel like stepping into that arena of worship in that glory cloud. Matter of fact, you don't even want to get out of bed or get off the couch or leave the driveway. Can anybody relate? And so there are things in life that the enemy puts there to try to take our focus away from the ability to praise him and worship him. This bottle is simply a container. It really has very little value, but it holds something that is odorless and tasteless, but yet we cannot survive without it. And that's your container. Your container is worth a little bit. I think they determined that you were worth, uh, do you remember how much the human body was worth? How much, how much? I think it's $13. $13. So your human container, if, if you were to put a price tag on it, is worth about $13. That's not a whole lot of money. Can anybody relate? But yet we'll put a $50 suit over a $60 shirt under a $40 pair of pants with our $30, $30 shoes. Yes, I bought them at Becky's. $30 shoes. The clothes we wear are more valuable than we are. But things change when you become a worshiper. Things change when you step into the presence of God and to the persona of God. Everything changes. There's just something about being in the presence of God. David said, better is one day in your court than a thousand. That's three years. Better than a thousand elsewhere. There's just something about stepping into that place that God has for us. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in a church service or in, or in your, your car or in your home. But everywhere you go, you can be a worshiper because there's so much to thank God and there's so much to worship God for. Amen. We thank God for our companion. We thank God for our help. We thank God for our job. We thank God for our church. We thank God for our friends. We thank God for the blessings that he bestows upon us, not because we're worthy, because he deemed it necessary. God loves you. And if he has a wallet, your picture's in it. And he's showing it off right now to all the angels. The Bible said when Noah came out of the ark, he created an altar. He killed a sacrifice. He set it on fire. And the Bible says the fragrance of that sacrifice went into heaven. God smelled the fragrance, and the Bible says that God remembered Noah. It wasn't that God had forgotten Noah, but it had been a long time since Noah had offered a sacrifice to God. And there is a fragrance attached to your worship. Think about that for a minute. 
What do you smell like in the presence of God? Well, we've got deodorant and lotion and perfume and cologne and hairspray. So we smell, some, we smell like something to somebody else. But what is your fragrance to God? Is it well-pleasing to God? Does it get the attention of God? Does it get the favor of God? Does it cause God to, to extend his right hand and say, go meet their need, go meet their hurt, go heal them, go restore them? Is that what your worship does? I need a hearty yes in this place. Amen. Amen. That's what our worship does, that we can go into the presence of God. That is incredible. John 14 and 12 says, Greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father, and greater than these because I go to my Father. Greater work shall you do. And you think about the works of Jesus, and you think about him raising the dead and healing the sick and feeding the multitude and turning the water into wine, all the great miracles. But the Bible says there's something greater than miracles. And you know what's greater than miracles? Once a year, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies with a sacrifice and placed it upon the altar. Everyone else stood on the outside. No one could get into that holy container to see what God was up to, what God was doing. Once a year, the priest did that. But because of Calvary, when Jesus died, he said, it is finished. And an earthquake rent the veil from the top to the bottom. It separated the wall. It destroyed the wall that separated God from man. And now do you know what you can do any day of the week, any week of the year, any hour of the day? You can be, go beyond the veil, beyond the wall, step into his presence, feel his power, feel his love, worship him, adore him, and get drunk in the Holy Spirit. I saw the Lord. Job 36. What happens when we corporately gather together and begin to, first of all, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, then we step into his courts with praise, then we continue that journey and go beyond the veil. We stop at the altar of the apothecary. God designed a fragrance. It was holy only unto him. He allowed no one else to use the fragrance. There were five ingredients added with oil, six ingredients, which represents man. And these six ingredients came together to create a apothecary, a, uh, what word am I looking for? Pop, 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 popery, how say it? Popery. That too, popery. <laughs> it, but these special elements all blended together and it created a special fragrance, and the priest would stand over the altar, and he would allow his robe to get filled with that fragrance, and then when he went beyond the veil, that was the fragrance that, that God responded to. That's the fragrance that God met. And in your worship and in your praise, there is a, I hope it's not a stinky fragrance. I hope your praise doesn't smell like your feet. Oh, no. I hope your, hello, or your breath. Hello, I hope your praise is well, yeah, well pleasing unto him. Amen. They say the reason all the kids are getting sick because they're breathing their mass, the carbon dioxide. I don't know about all that, but I hope today that my praise is a significant vapor and it touches the king of glory and it touches heaven. Can someone say amen? Job had four friends. We were told of three. These three guys were, were really punks. Uh, they were uh, super spiritual. Uh, they were religious. They were, 
They were hypocrites. They were, there was, there's no nice way to say they just knew it all and just knew that Job had committed this horrible sin and God was punishing him. And they were very adamant about that all the way through the, the 41 chapters of the book of Job. They're very adamant. Job, you've dropped the ball. Just admit it and go on with your life. Of course, Job was a worshiper. Job was a praiser. He had 10 kids, and every day he offered sacrifices just in case his kids dropped the ball. They were covered by the blood of an animal. That's what Job did every day. He offered praise and worship to God. But as Job is going through his storm, it's drawing to a close, but as Job is going through his storm, the fourth friend, the young guy, and what the young guy says, you know, I've been told to respect my elders, and I've let my three elders talk and expound but what I've heard, I disagree with. Here's what I believe that God gave me. And he begins to comment on that in Job 36 and 26. Behold, God is great, and we know him not, and neither can the number of his years be searched out. For he maketh small the drops of water, they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Also, can any understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of his tabernacle? Here we have a science lesson. God is asking us, can you comprehend, can you, can you relate to, or can you, can you tell me how rain works? Well, we can. It's a simple, fundamental, scientific principle. The sun, S-U-N, attracts vapors from lakes, rivers, and streams, and those vapors rise up in response to the sun's heat, and they, they create clouds, the clouds cool, they condensate, and rain begins to fall. The amount of rain is determined upon how much vapors go up into the sky. I want to illustrate this morning by doing this. When I drop my hand, I like for everyone in this section to say, Glory. And I want you to say it like you mean it. I mean, I want you to wake the dead. In this section, we're going to say, amen. 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 No, this section. You're Jesus. You're Je this section is Jesus. Okay, this section is going to say, Glory. it's a little weak. And this section is going to say, amen. And this section is going to say, Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Glory. Where'd that go? Carpet, podium, padded chair. No, it went up as vapors of praise towards the sun of righteousness. Yes. And as our praise goes up, clouds yes. Yes. of God's blessings begin to form. Yes. And the clouds begin to lower and they begin to fall. And rain comes down and rain is powerful. Rain is necessary. Rain is needed. I learned a long time ago, you need a miracle, build a cloud. Right. You need a breakthrough, build a cloud. Right, yeah. You need direction from the Lord, build the cloud. Right. Whatever you need, he can work through those who praise him. We build clouds, he lets it rain, and we enjoy the showers of blessings. The Bible says the latter rain shall be greater than the former rain. I think some of us are right on the verge of a breakthrough, but I want to teach you this morning that you can prophetically praise him. What does that mean, Pastor? That means you can praise him ahead of time, yes. before he works the miracle, yes. before he brings 
brings the healing. Before he provides the finances, you can prophetically praise and say, God, I thank you that all my needs are met. I thank you that you've done exceedingly abundantly above all. I thank you that you're working on my behalf. You're going to solve this problem. You're going to open this door. You're going to heal this sickness. You're going to bring victory and deliverance. Why? Because God dwells in the praises of his people. Go ahead. So Job, the first thing he does, he looks up. And that's what we are. We are instruments of worship. When your feet hit the floor, you should be thanking him for something. I guess maybe the fact that your feet hit the floor. A day above ground is always better than a a day underground. Hello? So we begin to thank him for his provision. We begin to thank him for his principles. We begin to think about the life that he's placed in us and the love that he's given us. We begin to praise him and we begin to worship him. So Job, real, I'm sorry, Isaiah realized that it's necessary for me every day to praise the Lord. And he looked up and saw the Lord. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train Fill the temple. The, the train is that garment, like a wedding garment. It's like a garment. But that, that garment is composed of praise from God's people. Our words praise God. Our words create a veil in heaven that clothes God in his glory and power. And God honors that and God responds back. And God begins to sing over us. Aren't you glad that in the night God sings over you? Aren't you glad in the early hours of morning he is already awake? He's already planning your day. He's already working things out for your good. He's placing things in your life. He's removing things from your life while you're still asleep. What incredible God he is. Well, when Isaiah looked up, The first thing he said was, I am undone. I'm not healthy. I'm not whole. I'm messed up. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I'm hanging around a people that have unclean lips. Be careful who you associate with. Be careful who you hang out with. Hang with people that better you. Hang with people that encourage you. Hang with people that give, you a, that give you a desire to do better. He said, my mouth is out of order. We know death and life is in the power of the tongue. What are we repeating? What are we declaring? What are we saying? What are we saying over our job? What are we saying over our finances? What are we saying over our boss? What are we saying over our spouse? What words are coming out of our mouth? And Isaiah realized, I've got wrong voices, wrong choices. I've surrounded myself with people that are negative, that are critical. They're not encouraging. They're demeaning. They're tearing me down. They're out of order. I'm out of order. I need to turn some things around in my life. And that repentance brings discipleship. When you give your heart to God, all of a sudden there's a desire. Do you notice that? To want to know more about the Lord to want to read, to want to study, to, 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 to listen, to get as much info in your mind as you can about the things of God. And we call that discipleship. We call it meditation. We call it reading your Bible. We call it singing a hymn. We call it making a difference in somebody's life. This week, through your tithe and offering, we helped a lot of families this week. This, this week, because of your help, we fed the homeless. Because of, you, because of you, there are several lives that we touch today because you made a difference in your giving. 
And I wonder what the phrase, what kind of church would Church of the Harvest be if every church member was just like me? We every day add to the kingdom, add to the things of God. We operate in the anointing that God has given us, knowing that he'll give us even more anointing to go to the next level of discipleship. And whatever that might be. So, well, how do I get discipleship? Well, read your Bible will help. I'm just a thought, just a possibility. You know, singing songs that are filled with the word, the red hymnal. It seemed like every, every song in that book has scripture. Sing, sing, sing hymns that, that have the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Declare the Word of God. I have learned that you can pray the Word of God. That's right. You can pray the Word of God. means you can say, Lord, in Jesus' name, your Word says that whatever I do, you're going to bless. And when you begin, Lord, your Word says that you are my shepherd, I shall not want. When you begin to declare, Lord, your Word says, I can do all things through Christ. Lord, your Word says, now unto him that's able to do. When you begin to pray the Word of God and begin to praise the Word of God, the Word of God will become alive in your, in not just a firecracker that just gives a, a little pop, but a constant involvement in your life that you know you're walking where God wants you to walk. To do something you've never done, you've got to be something you've never been. Submit to a teacher, submit to authority, submit to the word and watch yourself grow. Amen. Look at someone and say, look out. Look out. I'm about to blow up. Implode. <laughs> I'm going to blow all over you. You're going to be blessed. Look at someone and say, you're going to be blessed. So he looked up in worship. He looked in in discipleship. And then the real test, God said, who shall I send? Who shall go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. God wants to send you to make a difference in someone else's life. God wants to send you to be involved in someone else's life that will encourage them. Growing up in the church of God, there was a song that we sang that said, win the lost at any cost. Souls are dying, men are crying, won't you Lead them to the Lord. Go and find them. Help to win them. Win the lost at any cost. In your evangelism, your life is a light. And your words are a path. And, you, and what you do in the things of God, and the purpose of God, God blesses. Say, well, they don't want to hear it. That was yesterday. A lot has changed since yesterday. There's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world right now. I don't know if you're watching any of the news whatsoever, but our government is upside down in stupidity. I've never seen such stupid things coming forth from our government. It's crazy. You, they, want to, they want to change the way we think, change the way we speak, change the way we want to live. They want you depending upon them. I'm not going to depend upon them. I'm going to depend upon God because God is in control. He's not up in heaven saying, what am I going to do with the Democrats? What am I going to do with the Republicans? No, God doesn't rule that way. God already has this all worked out. Hello, God's in control. God knows what he's going to do. All he needs is a few of you to pick up the torch and get involved and help him spread the good news. Look at somebody say, I am a torch carrier. And I'm a good news spreader. And I'm going to use my life this week to make a difference in somebody else's life. Maybe not what I say. Maybe not what I sing. But maybe what I do 
will touch someone else. I want to be his hand extended to the lost that they may know Jesus as I know him. I'll give yourself a hand clap of, of celebration this morning. Of all the chapters in the Bible, few chapters put things together so clearly. And this chapter is saying, look up, be a worshiper, be a praiser. Look in, repent, disciple, look out, evangelize. As every head is bowed, as every eye is closed, just for a moment. If you're here this morning, and you're not where you need to be at the Lord, and it's not guilt or condemnation, it's just awareness. I'm just really not where I need to be at the Lord. There's some things I'd like to see change in my life. There's some things I'd like to see God do. I just, I just really need a touch from the Lord today. If that's where you're at, would you put your hand up? Put it right, yes, 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 yes. Father, you see our hands, but more importantly, you see our heart. We so much want to be like you. We so much want to do the things that you've orchestrated for us to do. But there's a lot of factors that would try to disqualify us, fear and, and failure, finances. We pray today that you see our hand and we declare we want to draw closer. We want to be what you want us to be. We want to go where you want us to go, say what you want us to say, not as a puppet, but as a child born again with eternity in their heart. This gift I have, let me give it away. Let me make as many as possible aware they don't have to live in darkness. They don't have to live in a pit. They don't have to live over, overcome by sin in the world. But they can be like that bird out of prison that's free. They can be like that, 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 that vessel that follows your path and your purpose. We declare those things today. We, de we vow those things today. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I want to be better tomorrow than I was today. I want to grow. I want to increase. In Jesus' name, they all said, Amen. We thank God for his word this morning. It's 1139. We have time to rush to the restaurant and feed ourselves before the Baptists get there. The Baptists will be there at 1205. We're going to get there at 1150. Want to give you a chance to sow in the kingdom of God today in an offering. The word said, God said, I'm restoring the tithe and offering. They are two separate entities. Tithe is bringing God what belongs to God. Offering is partnering with God. It's getting involved in the end time harvest. It's getting involved in the things that God is doing and things God is saying. Thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for your participation. I really believe if you'll start small, aim small, miss small. If you'll start small, don't be over, overwhelmed by an amount, but just go through the motion. Go through the transition of putting something in an envelope, speaking over it before you put it in the plate, declaring favor, declaring blessing, and let's see what God will do in your finances. In offering envelope, lift your hand, and our handsome Pastor Todd will serve us. He is so good to serve us. Thank you, Pastor Todd, for that. As Pastor Rhonda mentioned, Wednesday night is a lot of fun. It's only an hour. It's only an hour, and about 6.45, we have ice cream and popcorn and chips and Cokes and Dr. Pepper and Sprite, and it's a good time for koinia, for fellowship. You come early, enjoy the fellowship, stay as late as you want. But when you leave here on a Wednesday night, you will leave with something learned, 
something that you can apply to your everyday life. Pastor Rhonda searches the scriptures, searches the purpose and plan of God, and we believe that you will be blessed. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May cause his face to shine upon you. May allow you to be a light in a dark place. May he bless everything you touch. May the words of your mouth, the meditation of your heart be acceptable in his sight. Make sure and say hello to the newlyweds, our guests today. We love you with the love of the Lord. Come back and see us again.